The following podcast contains explicit language. Hello, Sex Lives listeners. This is Maureen, and I have some slightly sad news to tell you. Sex Lives is coming to an end. We have five episodes left. Our last episode is going to be a breakup extravaganza. I want to hear people call in about the shittiest thing they ever did while dumping someone, the shittiest thing someone did to you. What is the best way to break up? What is the best way to get over a breakup? Is it okay to dump someone via text? Have you ever done it? Do you regret it? Leave us a voice message at 646-494-3590. That's 646-494-3590. No one wants to be a Hufflepuff in the sheets. <laughs> Everyone wants a little Slytherin in the sheets. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Sex Lives, New York Magazine's podcast about sex. I'm Maureen O'Connor. The subject of erotic fan fiction has come up a few times on this show, usually as sort of like a punchline while we're talking about something else, like the time we discovered gay Donald Trump erotica or the Garrison Keillor fanfic audio porn that completely destroyed us in the Porn for the Blind episode. If you listened all the way to find that Easter egg, congratulations, and I'm very sorry. But this week, erotic fan fiction, also known as slash fiction, is the only thing we're talking about. With the Chicago-based team behind Potterotica, the internet's foremost podcast on Harry Potter pornography. I'm Lindsay Rush. I'm Danny Chapman. And I'm Allie Lefevre, and this is the Potterotica podcast. Where we read erotic Harry Potter fanfic one chapter each episode. The following podcast is rated H for horny. It contains adult themes, sexually explicit content, and strong language. Meow. Oh, yeah. So it's every week on your podcast, you find one a Potterotica, you read it, you talk about it. Can one of you guys just give me an overview of the Potterotica universe in general? Like, how vast is this world? Where does it exist and why? <laughs> so we, obviously, we're newer to it, so we're constantly uh, learning about it. What's interesting is about just fanfic in general is that it really grew between books. So I think there was about mm-hmm. a three-year lag between books and creative people just decided to, you know, fill in the gaps and so create these stories. I think obviously with that and the internet comes erotic fan fiction. And uh-huh. so there's kind of been spikes between books and then since then taking off and filling the void of not having those. So I know there are some uh, sites of fan fiction that are, that have like over 700,000 stories ranging from like one scenes to full books almost. Mm -hmm. So as we've been going through, you know, finding stories that are the right length for a podcast, it's actually been easier than we thought. You know, you think, Oh, what stories can we find? And we have a backlog of like 20 stories that we're excited to read. Do you know who the authors are or do you talk to them at all? So we actually get approval from all of the authors that we read. So Uh what we've done so far is we've broken it up into two different seasons. So we've Mm -hmm. read one story over a season and read one chapter an episode and then uh, the, the authors are aware and it's they've been so good humored about it and really excited that we're showcasing their story. And then in between seasons we did like a one-off yeah. We call like one shot stories where we did kind of a quick and dirty read uh, of one of the fanfic stories. Who are the authors? Almost all of them use pen names. Yeah, our current season is written by McTwist. Uh, and there McTwist? are a lot of McTwists <laughs> yeah. in uh-huh. this. Our first season was written by Mrs. Fig, which is an allusion actually to Miss Fig. 
Harry Potter's uh, squib neighbor from chapter one. Aha. And she wrote 45 stories. Uh, Miss Fig wrote 112 of just the Snape Hermione pairing alone. Just those two. And uh, McTwist, a ton. She's written a ton as well. So. Are they professional writers in their real lives? I mean, I don't know. Can, can you tell us much about what they are like? <laughs> I mean, we have this idea of fan fiction coming from, like, teenagers or something. And, I mean, totally. is that true? Or are... We defied those odds in season one when the first author whose story we read, she was a grandmother of 11. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I <laughs> so, love this. Which was a shock for us because we were expecting, like, it to be teens or to be, like, some, you know, horned up 20-somethings. <laughs> It was a horned up grandma. (laughs) (laughs) You guys prepared some examples, perhaps, to share with the Sex Lives listeners. Maybe if we can listen to some of that and then get into it, I'd love to talk to you about what's going on in these. Uh, I can start. Great. Okay, so this is from season two, episode two. Draco leaned back against the cabinet, attempting to catch his breath as well. He grinned weakly and returned to his clothes. Hermione managed to sit up enough to see the colossal mess that Draco had left on her body. It looked impressive. It was everywhere. She didn't know just why Malfoy had pulled out, but thank God he had. She didn't even want to think about what could have happened if he didn't. She searched for his wand, but realized it was on the cabinet across the way. She dared not move. Malfoy seemed to notice her predicament and came over and, with a flick of his wand, cleaned up for her. Magical! I was just about to ask you guys what the best uses for magic in sex is. Number one, clean up. Akio Jizrag. (laughs) (laughs) That is crazy. So what is this Draco-Hermione pairing? Like, what... I don't know. What does this tap into? Is this a common pairing? Why? It's a huge pairing. I think there's this... Since they're sort of enemies, this like sexual tension that people have imagined between the two of them. Season one was Professor Snape and Hermione, which was a stretch for a lot of My listeners since he's got Hermione. <laughs> okay. Dirty. But Draco and Hermione has been, people have been loving it. It's real steamy. Well, I think it's also seeing the two characters, a different side of them. So you see Hermione, who's like the notorious good girl be like bad and sultry and sexy and a little dangerous. And then Draco, who is known as kind of being the school dick, uh, is like the softer side of Draco. <laughs> and so it's it works in erotica. Yeah, the, this is so funny because the first time I ever heard about Harry Potter erotica was actually a guest. It, we were interviewing her for a totally different reason. But I was like, what was your sexual education like? She's like, Draco Hermione slash Vic. And I was like, what? <laughs> and the crazy thing, what she pointed out to me is that she's like, you know, as the kind of tween girl who read fanfic in the first place, like, of course, I was dreaming about the asshole jock like deigning to, you know, slam me on the kitchen table or whatever. They, she, <laughs> she does get slammed on a desk in the potions uh-huh. classroom. There's a lot of slamming happening in Hogwarts. This is so crazy to me. Can we hear another one of the, the passages? So I can read a passage, and I'm going to give you a little bit of a setup for this one. <laughs> yes. So this is a se- part of season two. Hermione is in class with Draco, and she starts to feel an orgasm building. And realizes that Draco is bewitching her. And so she has to run out of class frantically because she is going to, like, explode with orgasm. Hits the ground. Books go flying. And she goes into, like, this writhing of desire. Oh, my God. So 
So this is what happens right after. <laughs> and so he right now is talking to uh, Ron and Harry. She racked her brains frantically for an excuse. The post-orgasm haze was definitely not helping her out here. Finally, she managed, it's okay. It's that potions essay due tomorrow anyway. Ron's face paled rapidly. She had found her trump card. He stopped walking with her and rubbed the back of his neck guiltily. You don't mind, he finally said. It's fine, just go ahead. I'll see you back there later. He waved awkwardly and left. Hermione made a beeline for the nearest bathroom after locking herself into a stall. She sat on the toilet and yanked on her pants. Sure enough, she found the black claw. What? There was writing on it. In white chalky letters, the words 11 p.m., prefects bathroom, password is Oleander, were written on it. He wanted to meet her again? After that, she would go all right, and she'd bring her wand with her, too. So in that clip, uh, (laughs) Draco put a little magic hex on her underwear sexually stimulating her during class so it's gets real crazy with the magic that's crazy also because that's like a weird trope in like erotica porn stuff of like ladies wearing a like remote controlled vibrator and like i don't know if it's a female fantasy of someone just giving you magical orgasms at all times or if it's a male fantasy of being able to do that without sort of the actual work of giving someone an orgasm you know (laughs) that you're like i just like wave my wand and it all happens (laughs) zero investment (laughs) yeah we just uh ali just attended the depaul pop culture conference uh which was focused on harry potter Mm -hmm. and we asked a series of questions including what like magical artifact or magic spell would you want in your sex Mm -hmm. life so ali what were some of those do you remember so in terms of magical artifact people wanted invisibility cloaks so they could like screw anywhere People wanted time turner so they can go back and either erase a really crappy sex experience or go back in time and like repeat the best orgasm of their life over and over and over again. Magic spells was really funny what people wanted. They wanted like multiple orgasm spells, an ability to like have instant contraception. Yeah, contraception. Um, Oh, God, it was so funny. They wanted to have, like, a birth control yeah. magic spell. Birth control. Well, that yeah. makes sense. What magic spells would you want in bed? I love the idea of, like, the multiple orgasm spell. I'm into the contraception spell <laughs> just to not have to worry about it. I know. Isn't that sort of the magic of, like, an IUD anyway? Right. <laughs> we're like, we don't know why it works, so we put a piece of copper in there. But magic, you're not going to get pregnant now. It exists. Uh, levitation. I'd go for levitation. What? Why levitation? I don't know, Are you into, like, sex wings? Spice it up. I don't I'm a guy, so contraception. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Not funny. Wait, why levitation? It would make the best stories. And Nothing. if I'm going to have a magic spell, you know, we have IUDs for contraception and only magic. Can You're just kind of just going full on, just like my superpowers, I don't want to fly. And why wouldn't I also fly while fucking is right. the logic here. Definitely. I get that. Should we listen to our third? Did you also prepare? Yes, and um, I am going to pull up one actually from season one so we can have some Snape in there, a different character. Great. And this is Mrs. Fig, the Mm -hmm. grandmother of Eleven's story. Yes, keep that in mind. (laughs) Snape's black hair framed his pale face as he looked down at Hermione. His usually harsh features softened and less severe as he prepared himself for entry. He hovered, savoring the moment, his eyes locked to the eyes of the young woman beneath him, 
willing to open up to him, willing to receive him, willing to be one with him for one small moment. Slowly, he slid inside Hermione, feeling her soft flesh give, then part snugly, wrapping around his length like a moist velvet sleeve. Velvet sleeve ruined our lives. I still have PTSD from that. (laughs) Yeah, so... I don't know how to process this even. I know. Why do you guys think that this genre of smut exists? Like, what... Why? I know. We were discussing this morning about this idea of knowing. It's one thing to experience these things and know that they happen, but it's another mm-hmm. thing to have to read them or say them or sort of like describe it in this way. And it's interesting how uncomfortable it can make you when you're having to like, yeah. you know, I'm like, yeah, that has happened to us. But hearing it and reading it is mm-hmm. a totally different sensation. With Harry Potter, erotica, I think it's interesting because it, it does have a fun spin. It's a magical world. So yeah, of course. Versus other erotica, which is very serious and like Fifty Shades of Grey, this is fun and we know it's meant to be. But then even with this podcast, what we found is that like people that we know who would never read uh, erotica fiction love this and they're we make it accessible and it's been a lot of fun for that. And I think why this genre is so popular is that there's like a comfort with these characters. Like you already trust them, know them, like them, feel like you understand the personality choices they would or wouldn't make. And so like seeing them in the bedroom is almost just like an extension of what you hope to learn more about. And I think it helps people Uh learn more about their own like sex lives and explore. It's weird because it comes from two, two directions that first of all, you sort of are just getting more of this universe you already like. I wonder if for people writing erotica or imagining these things, that there's something easier about, you're like, okay, here's a sexy scenario I want to imagine. Something involving, like, a mean teacher (laughs) and innocent me or whatever it is. And it's really easy to graft your imagination onto characters you already know in some way. I mean, it's interesting you bring up Fifty Shades because that actually started as Twilight fan fiction. Right. Which, you know, and then have you found the Fifty Shades of Potterotica? Is there potential for one in there? (laughs) Have you found it yet? There's some good stories. I mean, to be honest, there are (laughs) some really good stories. We haven't found one that are have taken you away from the characters entirely. But there's a story Uh that we haven't yet been able to get the author's permission to read. And we're like gunning Mm -hmm. for it. And it was uh, a polyjuice potion story where the characters like swapped bodies and had sex. And that one was really steamy, and we were like, oh, okay, I like, we like where this is going, but... Wait, what is polyjuice? It's where you assume the form of a, of someone else uh, for an hour. You drink it. Yeah, you drink it. So, like, you swap yeah, bodies. Yeah, you drink a potion. There's two of you. You don't swap bodies. There's There'd be, like, oh. two alleys sitting here yeah. if I plucked her hair and put it in the polyjuice potion. Yeah. Oh, I see. So then Allie could fuck herself if she used yes, polyjuice right. potion. Yes, good cl- clarification, Danny. I could yes. fuck myself. <laughs> I would, I'd be yeah, in there, but the potential yes. is endless. <laughs> That's one where truly, actually, the Harry Potter fanfic as a form allows for very unique sexual experiences. Mm-hmm. I love time, this. The genre itself. Time travel, so you know, Hermione could go back and have sex with a young Sirius Black, and it's it's all over the place. Oh, oh yeah, that'd be Whoa. real nice. There's so many <laughs> scenarios. Yeah, that's like when everyone's always like, I want to have sex with young Brad Pitt. In the Harry Potter universe, you can actually do yes. that. Ah. <laughs> have you looked into other fandom universes um, and their erotica at all? One thing that I found incredible was that there are 
fandom crossovers. So to make it more complicated, not just within the fandom, what? but like Harry Potter uh-huh. in Game of Thrones fandom, <gasps> both fanfic and erotic fanfic. So what happens there? Draco and like little boy king yeah. get in a crazy ass Joffrey, fight right. and have gay sex, right? Oh, like Jon Snow and Harry Potter. Like Ooh. There is no end. <laughs> the pen is mightier than the sword. <laughs> I love that. That's like the equivalent of when you're a kid and like, like I have the Barbie and my brother has GI Joes. You try to make them play together and it doesn't quite work because they're like the wrong sizes and right. stuff. And yet you're like really insistent <laughs> that that's actually what's sort of happening in this bizarre erotic universe. Exactly. Huh. huh? What Harry Potter characters would each of you most like to bone? Danny, you go. Oh no, we'll start with Lindsay. It's Ronald, Ronald Weasley, forever and ever. What I know. I I mean, he's was like started out. It's hard sometimes, I think, because we knew them as kids that we're always like, they're 18 in these books. They're 18 <laughs> or in. Um, <laughs> uh, but adult Ron, I think I just think he's so tender and I think he becomes very attractive as an adult. That's mine. Are you influenced by the movies and the like actors and stuff? Or is this purely from like your imagination from the beginning? Or maybe I think both? a little bit of both, but for sure. Rupert Grant, the actor who plays Ron, like, I find him attractive now. So I yeah. wonder if someone had played him in the movies that I didn't find attractive, that that sure would have influenced it. But also his his character. Uh-huh. How about you, Allie? So from purely a character standpoint, Sirius Black is by far my favorite. He's like this overprotective but slightly wild and... and <laughs> unexpected and he's like brave and strong and oh I love him and I think his he's a werewolf right are you also team werewolf in the twilight so universe? he wasn't the werewolf although I do love oh no he was besties with the with the werewolf character who is Lupin Professor Lupin oh so right I'm really betraying my my ignorance oh, right now that's okay apologies we'll teach you. to the Potter fans Sirius Black <laughs> is Harry's godfather so oh right um, but in the in the movies actually i think draco is super sexy and i love the way they write about him in the ah! fanfic he's like mm, bad boy for he's life like, <laughs> <laughs> his fanfic self is what actually makes him into the, like the sex oh, object sure. you i'm gonna go mcgonagall i'm gonna throw a curveball uh well for two reasons one she's just like such a badass teacher and uh i you know she like is conniving the Quidditch teams and like getting the best seekers. And I think that's awesome. But then we were also reading just like in some fanfic theories is that when she was a student, you know, she was a badass Quidditch player and like was mean girls with Ah. um, the professors who are the Pomfrey and Sprout. Yeah. Pomfrey and Sprout. And I just like, think that's awesome. They're like her girl gang. Yeah. I love that. You know, actually, when so when I took my brief like look through this, I remember at one point finding inadvertently this was so unrelated to this. I don't know how Harry Potter sex keeps coming up in my life as well, even though I am not seeking it out. <laughs> I came across some Harry Potter fear of flying fanfic, as in like Erica Jong's Fear of Flying, mm-hmm. like the classic like sexual <laughs> novel, in which it was like Hermione gets on a Quidditch broomstick and orgasms for the first time. And I remember asking Erica Jong herself about that when I interviewed her, and she was like, that is the most fabulous oh thing my I've God. ever heard of. <laughs> what is fan fiction? Tell me of this Potter. <laughs> um, I always wonder like, if it's, 
a compliment or is it just weird for, say, someone like J.K. Rowling to know that everyone's envisioning her like the children she wrote about as like sex objects? I don't know. What do you think? I think she would really appreciate it. I mean, even after the books came out, when she revealed that Dumbledore mm-hmm. was gay, I mean, I think she just thought about it. Mm-hmm. So she cares about them so She's much kind that of- I bet she would want to make sure that they were having healthy sexual lives. And I think it's almost like a, a natural extension of the novels is like, by the time Harry Potter closes, we already see them as an adult with a family and kids. Mm-hmm. And so they had to have sex. So uh, I, th- I think she would really like what people have done with the characters and made it just like a, a, a fun extension of what she already created. It's funny because it's like she fan fictions herself a little bit sometimes. It should be like, well... I never specified whether it was this or that in the book, and thus, perhaps he is actually gay. Like, yeah. she kind of, um, like, it seems like she sort of gives, well, she does literally give material to her fans periodically, like, beyond the books, or the sort of, like, extra canonical. Not to be confused with the professor, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think she purposefully um, leaves a few corners open, you know, some things not close so that people can fill in the gaps. Tell me about some more of the, like, specific or surprising, like, permutations of sex you've discovered in the Potterotica universe. One of my favorites so far, because I think I I had, had no idea this existed, which is almost embarrassing to admit, is that Hermione is painted as a squirter in a lot of fanfic stories. So, like... Really? Her, her coming is like a faucet or like a sprinkler exploding. And I'm like, wait, is that a thing? How am I in my 30s and I don't know that that's a thing? So so you actually learned about sex from yeah, Potterotica. It's, almost, it's embarrassing to admit. But yes, I'm learning about functions of the female body from Harry Potter. I believe that Hermione as like um, an overachiever would figure out a way right? to squirt. Like, of course, if someone is going to figure out how to achieve mm-hmm. that, it would be Absolutely. her. She's like, oh, you guys just come? Like, I'm going to take it to a 10. <laughs> Anything else that has like, been surprising or details that you feel the world should know I mean, about? in this season, we did just find out that um, a character named Cho Chang, they say, had slept with the whole Quidditch team at once, right? It was yeah. an orgy. Chang bang. We called it a Chang bang. I did not. See, I listened to this episode of yours, and I'm like, Cho would never do that. I just know she wouldn't. <laughs> not my Cho. I don't know why. Are there characters that just become like the slut of Potterotica? Pansy Parkinson. Oh, yeah. A Slytherin. Why Pansy? Is she, painted as the slut. She's also the same. Oh, because she's like the like pretty blonde like cheerleader girl? Like, is, she, is that the role she's in? No. She's a meme girl. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So she gets in. She's trying to find she's out. a slutty mean girl. girl. Who he's sleeping with, and and I, I'm hoping soon she has sex with Cho. I think that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. She really wants a threesome to happen. Like she's gunning for it hard. Does she know Hermione squirts? Because I think that that might change her <laughs> strategy. She'd have to get over the mud blood thing. So that's also been great. Oh. Is like the social tension between Draco and Hermione. Oh my god! Uh, that he's getting over the fact that he never thought he could love a mud blood, but if they're good at sex, I guess he can find a way. <laughs> Oh, God. Is Slytherin the sexiest house? Just based on what you're telling me, it sounds like a lot of sexual imagination is moving towards the, like, evil snake house. Yeah, the, the Hufflepuffs are just, like, virgins in the corner playing with the elves. <laughs> no, I'm a Hufflepuff, so <laughs> not an offensive way. 
I'm a Slytherin. They're all virgins who can't drive. <laughs> yeah, what did those t-shirts say? It was like, Ravenclaws do it in the library. library. Slytherins do it in the dungeon. Gryffindors do it on the Quidditch pitch. And Hufflepuffs do it in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> when we've made like references to Hufflepuffs being like duds in the bedroom, we've had a lot of Hufflepuff listeners like push back and be like, hey, we're sexual too. <laughs> We got it going on. <laughs> I actually have a friend who once literally got in a fight with a man and like kicked him out of her house because she's like, I think you'd be a Hufflepuff. And she's like, excuse me? How dare you? I am not sucking your dick. Get out of here. Which I was like, I don't understand how that came up. Although, you know what? Maybe she's a secret Potterotica fan. Like, right, could yeah. maybe be the explanation. <laughs> I was like, before we sleep together, what house are you in? <laughs> Very I think that is secret question. shade, although I mean, although I recognize it, you are a Hufflepuff, Danny. Is that Thank what you just you. said? Yeah. yeah. That is kind of shade when, you, when you're like, you seem like you would belong to Hufflepuff. It's the one it. that no one wants to like admit they're a part of. At least <laughs> sexually. You don't want to be, no one wants to be a Hufflepuff in the sheets. <laughs> Everyone wants a little Slytherin in the sheets. <laughs> Allie Lefevre. Lindsay Rush and Danny Chapman of the Potterotica podcast. Thank you guys so much for coming on. Thank you for having us. having us. Call in and leave us a voicemail at 646-494-3590. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. This is great. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Sex Lives is produced by Afim Shapiro and Jordan Bell. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>